0: Hello everyone and welcome to the F1 show for episode 50 for coverage of the 2009 Spanish Grand Prix. I'm Robin Warner. And I'm Jim Lau and we had some tasty tapas today in
1: celebration of the Spanish Grand Prix. We've got the cuisine of the area in which the Grand Prix is held. That is very exciting. I had smoked salmon. Oh, it was fantastic. Oh, you know, we had, I had all kinds, of, we had like four or five different plates. Yeah. Things. Spanish it was, it was, omelet. Oh, it was great. It was, it was good stuff. It was good time. So now we know what it's like to be Fernando Alonso. It's pretty, pretty sweet. I think we pretty <laughs> much are Fernando Alonso. I think we pretty much are. Collectively, the two yes. of us. And uh, so let's let's get into it. We've got business from uh, from last week. And, do uh, we ever? There's mo- a lot of FIA stuff, really. I, just the politics is getting insane. Where
0: do you want to start?
1: Well, the big news is the um, FIA released their breakdown for possible 2010 rules. Oh yeah. And the big change, the big big change, is a potential budget cap of 40 million pounds. Um, and that's pounds, not dollars. Right. And that's
0: it's some- pounds, not euros. Right. Okay. That's pounds, British pounds. Got to get the currency right.
1: And with a weird sort of two-tiered system saying that if you want to accept the budget cap, you get some additional freedoms. Um,
0: now, at first, they said a lot of freedoms. Yeah,
1: um, as far as some movable wing elements. I don't know if Kurz follows under that, but it was uh, – and there's there's a whole – the full uh, statement here. I've got all the, all the information here, but – Oh, we um, don't need to
0: bore them with that.
1: Yeah, I mean uh, – okay, so so those, those accepting the cap – um, would be able to run constantly adjustable wings, engines with no rev limit, more powerful curve systems, and in theory four wheel drive. Um, they will also <laughs> wow. be a- also be allowed unlimited out of season <laughs> track testing with no restrictions on the scale and speed of wind tunnel testing. So what what what's interesting about that? And and I've kind of gone back and forth on this. Um, that could mean you know uh, presumably McLaren and Ferrari and some of these guys. Um, you know wouldn't want the budget cap they figure okay we want it. we we've got the money we've got the resources um you know let's let's really go for you know making just the best possible car we can within the rules and spend a whole lot of money and do their do their thing
0: well yeah i i agree with that but so there's a couple of points here um first is uh this this budget cap does not include any non-performance items this is a performance budget cap that's how it was described so Ferrari and McLaren, all the big teams, can still spend however much money they want on you know these motorcade hotels and and all that that kind of stuff. Actually, driver salaries are not part of that, right? Driver salaries aren't included as well. Yeah, and so uh, that's a huge chunk of the budget. So it's it's already a little bit uh, shady, I guess. You know, and then I start to wonder: is there any kind of gray area where you can say, "Oh no, that's not performance." It's marketing. Is there somehow a way you could sneak performance budget into non-performance stuff? Well, if
1: anyone's good at sneaking things into, into rules, I mean, it's Formula One teams. I mean, exactly. I, I, I think you could. I could make the argument that uh, well, these motorhomes and hospitality—that's part of driver improvements. They've got a whole fitness center in there, and they're making right. sure you know the drivers getting the massage sure. and all that. It's, sure, it's all indirect,
0: but I mean, it's I don't indirect. Know. But if that, if you know, and why? these are just things we're thinking of right off the top of our head. You know, you give some really smart people some really time and look over the actual. Letter of the rules, not the spirit, the letter, and there might be some interesting things you can get away with. Second point: the people with more flexibility in the rules will eventually be faster. There's just no two ways about it. Eventually, if you have more um, more leeway with the rules, less restrictive rules, you will eventually be able to build. A faster car. Even with limited budget. Even with a limited budget. The question is, with the limited budget, how long will it take? Yeah.
1: And and, and in, the, in the meantime, you'll have this two-tiered system. And this is what a lot of the teams are not happy about, that eventually you'll have sort of the two classes of Formula One cars. you would have the with budget cap and without. And like you say, it remains to be seen how long it would be until the, those guys actually equalized, who would be faster from the get-go, um, and it would really be a strange scenario and already uh, several of the top teams have said we don't we would not race if it were a two-tiered system uh Dietrich uh, D- or Dieter Mateschitz uh, head of uh Red Bull just the soda you know the whole the whole company worldwide is has just flat out said we will not race in 2010 if these rules don't change. Wow. No, no, you know, maybes about it. No, maybe this scenario may change, that situation. He that's, says, that's no. two teams. Yeah, that's SCR and, and Red Bull. <laughs> that's two teams um, Toyota has now come out and said, yeah, we, we wouldn't either. Uh, you know, they they want, I guess, with the point of Formula One for them as, as a marketing and, and engineering exercise um, – having a two-tiered system just undercuts that whole thing and saying, oh, we won because we were – or it's like, it's like, is it a class win? It's like, oh, we're best in class then right. if we're best above sure. the, of the sure. budgeted cars. or, I mean, in a way, it would be interesting to see some of the lower-down teams, you know, the Force India have – um, some advantages over the big guys to be able to get them up and competitive but overall I think I agree that um, a two-tiered system would just not be good and, and just that's that's not what Formula One is I mean I, th- I think in sports cars and some other ones there's different classes of racing and there's there's a lot more cars and right. it's a whole different scenario but for Formula One a win in Formula One should be you have won at the top level of motorsport all, you know all the engineering and all the wind tunnel testing and all the everything has come together and you've won and not just a this class versus that class,
0: or this this set of rules versus that set of rules. Right, and the other the other side of it, of course, is the big 800 eight hundred pound grill in the room. Is okay, you have all these freedoms. How are you going to pay for any of them? You know what I mean? Like it takes hundreds of millions of dollars to operate a four, Formula One team at this restricted level. So if you make it less restricted, how are you going to how are you going to use in some cases one tenth uh, of the budget 40 40 million pounds is one tenth of current F1 budget. So how how are you going to do that on 10 percent of what you have now?
1: Yeah, how would you make use of these freedoms right. if you don't have the money to develop? Yeah, that's that's another valid question and. I'm not sure. I mean, I'm I'm not an expert on these FA negotiations. If it's uh, like a lot of negotiations, you know, one side starts way high, and one side starts way low, and they work towards a middle goal. If this is the FIA, I mean, originally yeah, they said they're 30 just,
0: million pounds. Are they coming up to 40 million pounds? But the budget cap, just in, in the first place, I, I don't I don't understand it. I don't think that's the way to go. I think they're much better off coming up with like a fuel cap or something like that. You know, like well, yeah, we've
1: been talking about that for a long time. Of, right, of a way, of, yeah,
0: and. If you want to save money, I mean the the ideas that I've heard that I've liked, for example, you put in a fuel cap, which slows the cars way down, and you uh, and then you then force the teams that are building engines to sell them at a reasonable price. You know that's that's one of the rules they were talking about saying you can only sell you know you can only sell the engines for X amount, and that and that amount's actually going to reduce for twenty ten, so on and so forth, um, and then. Formula 1 should have a FIA wind tunnel and you're only allowed to use the FIA's wind tunnel and each team gets equal time. You know, and those are the two most expensive parts of Formula 1. Regulate those instead of setting up some arbitrary price cap and and go about it that way. Telling telling a team you can only spend 40 million pounds, I don't know, it just seems seems stupid to me.
1: Yeah, it's it's certainly controversial, and and obviously there's lots of big teams, and then th- and this has opened this whole argument again of, of the FIA versus Ferrari, or the FIA in, in step with Ferrari against Formula One. It's it's a weird battle, but uh, it's it's opened up that whole you know Ferrari wants to leave. You know, is Ferrari Formula One? You know, could right. Ferrari exist without F1? Could F1 exist without Ferrari? And it's just going back and forth, and oh, Bernie Ecclestone going against Max Mosley and saying, oh, well, you know, for, Ferrari is so key to, to F1, and.
0: You well, know, between, and, between and Max and Bernie, I mean, their heads and their egos are so large. I mean, they think what they say is final. It's it just because they say it doesn't mean it's true. Yeah, and uh, you know, I I have a hard time agreeing with any of them, even when they disagree with each other. I can't agree with either of them. I'm like, yeah, you're, you're and... somehow both wrong. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I, I don't. I don't know. I don't get it. I don't like it. And uh, speaking of things that just simply don't make sense, is Bernie is also talking about. Uh, bringing back the uh, medal system for 2010, insisting that's going to happen. Yeah, that's actually in the rules. And I and I guess it's not um, the
1: medals specifically, but just saying that the championship will be decided by the driver who wins
0: the most races. So he's flipped it back in there. It's the, so the driver who wins the most races, second place will be decided by points then. It's that system, I presume. and And here's the thing. Back in the Schumacher days, where he where he was winning one championship after another, they changed the point system to take away from the driver the a driver winning uh, being as powerful as it is. The old point system was down to six places, ten points for first, six for second, and four for third, and then down the line to sixth. Um, they changed that because they didn't like Schumacher winning the championship so early. You take uh, take you know, say Red Bull has a breakthrough season next year, and Adrian Newey really builds a car above and beyond everybody else's thing. Vettel wins the championship half season. Yeah, I how mean, is that better?
1: It's it's definitely debatable, and uh, just one of those things. I mean, I, I we'll have to see how these negotiations go. If if the FIA backs down on any of these things, uh, you know, if hopefully the teams association and everybody. I mean, I'd really what i really hate to see is one of these splits like like we saw in American Racing years ago where some teams just couldn't get uh, you know couldn't agree and with some other teams and so oh well about if Ferrari and and you know Renault and Red Bull and a couple other teams split off and try to start another series. Yeah or, I mean that's you know that's just not gonna go well. And I think like the answer to uh, these other questions of you know, Ferrari versus Formula One and all that, it's yes, one could survive without the other, but they are both helped by being linked together. So let's not go down that road even. Right, right. Um, And, I mean,
0: truly, I mean, it's obvious. I mean, this is just a big pissing match. mm -hmm. And, frankly, to the fans, it's annoying. And they lose fans when they do this stuff.
1: I agree. Um, Speaking of refueling, um, another thing in the uh, 2010 rules is no refueling during the race. Mm. Um, They'll start with a full tank and go till the end, and they will still do pit stops for tire changes, but um, not refueling, which... I have yet to see. I, I haven't actually seen racing, you know, Formula One with without refueling. I know they used to do it that way. Uh-huh. And I don't. I haven't watched enough of it or gone back far enough to really know how that works in, in terms of the the practice of it. But um, uh, you sort of can't argue with the efficiency. I mean, how much equipment is brought in? These these really, you know, there's two fuel rigs. These super high high flow rate, um, you know, fuel rigs that expensive, have expensive, dangerous. Yeah. And, and yeah. how many, you know, we've seen fires, we've seen issues and all that. So I think, um, cause with, you know, with 20 cars out there, this is 20 of these rigs and it's, it's stuff being shipped around and all
0: that. It's a safety issue and all that. So, and it does put more pressure on the tire changing, you know, usually you can have an issue with the lug nut, uh, cost yourself an extra second or two, and it's okay. Cause the, the fuel men are still busy, right? Um, you know, that would mean if one guy has a problem that slows down the whole pit stop, that would be interesting. Um, however, the problem is how big of a fuel tank are you going to need on these cars?
1: Yeah. And I mean, how different will it be the handling of the car? And I guess, you know, they can, they can do the tires accordingly to start on tires that won't, you know, if they're pushing around all the car full of fuel, super heavy fuel. Uh, to begin with, and then everything's really heavy and gets lighter throughout the race. I mean, at least it's the same for everyone.
0: Yep. And it makes suspension setups and that kind of thing more difficult. Right. Then again, if everything's constantly adjustable because you're only spending 40 million pounds, you can adjust it. Yeah. You know, it's a lot of variables. If Absolutely. you can afford it. I mean, <laughs> you right. know, these things are going to be made out of uh, tubular steel again if yeah. we're
1: not careful. Who the heck knows, man? Okay. Um,. Let's wrap that up and move oh, on. No, 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 no. Can't do that. What else
0: do we have to talk about? I the FIA ruled on McLaren's tis-tis. Uh, oh, that was a long time ago. I forgot about that. Yeah, tis-tis. Right? Okay. Tis. Why'd you lie? The McLaren's F'd in the A penalty, <laughs> as I like to call it. Uh, uh, this all stems from the Australian Grand Prix, the first round of this season, where Hamilton overtook, overtook Truly after Truly fell off course during a yellow Safety car, period. Um, after after the race, both were called in, and Hamilton, under the guidance of former general manager uh, Dave Ryan, uh, lied and said that there was no communication between Hamilton and the team about whether he should or shouldn't overtake and, and what's going on with that. Complicated mess ensues. Uh, long story short, Hamilton and the team... Are disqualified from the Australian Grand Prix, and they were forced to go to the FIA for some further uh, uh, further discipline. So that happened in between. That happened in between the Bahrain and the Spanish Grand Prix, and the FIA made a decision, which was that they got penalized. They got they got they got disqualified
1: from three races. Maybe, but. <laughs> But that penalty is suspended. They're handing it down a penalty, which has already been suspended, which is a weird way of saying, we can dock you three races if you guys slip up, if, if you don't right. do anything that we like over the next, I don't know, over the rest of the season. I don't know if there's like an expiration date on that. But yeah. So
0: basically, it's, the FIA has McLaren by the scruff of its neck and says, I dare you, I dare you to not dot an I, to not cross a T, to get anything wrong to be the least bit suspicious in any way, and we can we can pull you from three races in a flash. Wow. Yeah, it's they, a... Because they lied. I'm sorry. All the objective evidence was there to the FIA, to the safety stewards from the beginning. I think it's the safety stewards' fault for not communicating with McLaren in the first place during the race at the Australian Grand Prix, and it's turned into this whole mess. The merits of whether Hamilton should or shouldn't have lied... And uh, the way the team handled itself, notwithstanding, this whole thing is ten times bigger than it ever needed to be, and it is the FIA's fault for not handling their own business during the race. I think it's ridiculous.
1: I agree with that. I mean, it's it's really stupid to have something like this just continue, just carry on and carry on, and affect results later on into the season. And pretend, I mean, if if they actually do get disqualified for three races, that's that's huge. I mean, that's I mean, ridiculous. That's that's. I mean, obviously, you want to avoid people lying to you in in any kind of venue, and of course, in, in sports. But wow, I mean, this this has all gotten really out of hand and really kind of
0: stupid. Absolutely.
1: And in that in that vein, let's not spend any more time on it. And Absolutely. Move I on agree
0: to qualifying. So, qualifying
1: today. Yes. Um, so, okay, you remember that time when um, Felipe Massa couldn't get a good qualifying lap? Didn't get out I'm of Q one. I didn't, I didn't
0: hear you correctly. Who?
1: Felipe Massa, he's a Ferrari driver. So it was Wait, uh, wait,
0: wait, wait, wait. Are you talking about this year? Yeah. And qualifying? Yeah. I thought Ferrari gave up on that.
1: No. They uh, still, they still do that. Yeah, remember that time when they, he didn't get out of Q one because they uh, they set a, f- a fast time early on and it just yeah the track kept I, that getting was faster and So faster.
0: stupid. We all knew that Ferrari would never, ever, ever do that again. They had a whole management shakeup after that. They uh, said they we cannot let did. this happen again. That's unacceptable. Hey, you know what happened this weekend? What? Hey, what happened this weekend? Oh,
1: Kimi Raikkonen didn't make it out of Q one. Really? Oh man. Now
0: yeah. Now hold on. Yeah. Let's take a step back because yep. I don't want to mislead anybody. Okay. Was there any coke and ice cream involved? <laughs> Who the hell knows? <laughs> Probably not. I don't think there was. To I don't be think honest, there was, and he would have been faster. Yeah, once again, Ferrari huge huge fumble. And I don't know if this is coincidence. I'm just saying Michael Schumacher was there. I'm just saying. I'm just throwing it out there. I'm not there. saying, I'm just saying. I'm just saying.
1: So, so yeah, Kimi Räikkönen qualified 16th. S- qualified 16th, did not get out of the first qualifying session. Um and it appears to be down to sort of just timing, strategic errors that uh, he set in a lap, and then by the time the track was getting faster and faster, and it was clear that he wasn't going to be able to be in, it was that they weren't ready to go out and
0: do some more running. I don't think there were well, any actual problems with the car or anything. It was just all uh, you need to know is Massa qualified fourth, yeah, with a with a full fuel tank. Well, not not full, but he was heavy,
1: yeah. Um, also in the in the notable backmarkers, um, Heikki Kovalainen qualified 18th. Yeah, um, just a terrible terrible drive there, terrible run for not, McLaren.
0: Not a good weekend for the Finns. Um, and uh, I have to say though, I mean uh, Hamilton only ma- managed 14th. Right, so yeah.
1: that's that, that's a little different as far as the the difference. And I mean that's yeah that shows you uh, McLaren's big European upgrade now that they're back in European. Well, sale. and yeah, and
0: that goes back to the Ferrari. I mean Ferrari brought brand new tub to uh, to Spain, right? I mean, this is the you know I don't I don't know what the F two thousand nine B or whatever I I don't know the name of the car, yeah. But uh, Ferrari tried a brand new tub and and you know you know Massa showed showed some pretty good potential in qualifying with a fourth place qualifying position, but uh, yeah, Räikkönen's the timing was just dreadful, yeah. And Ferrari, that's not that's not that hard to figure out. Keep him in the car run a couple more laps. Yeah,
1: I mean, you know, Sebastian Buemi made it into Q2. I mean, like, let's... let's yeah,
0: and once again, Bourdais was... This kid's 20, Sebastian Bourdais. Don't let him outshine you. I mean, he was outqualified again. I, yeah. I don't know what to say. although um, let's, let's go on to brighter things, towards the front.
1: Yes, um, our, our boy Jensen Button um, got pulled and, in and, and a brilliant... I mean, talk about the other end of the spectrum as far as strategy. Jensen Button crossed the, crossed the start-finish line, with one second to go in Q three in, in the third qualifying session, with, which means uh, because even laps, um, if you're if you're already on the lap while the checkers fly, um, you, that that lap still counts for qualifying. And right. of course, the track is getting faster as the day progresses, more and more rubber being laid down. So Jensen Button was at the last possible moment, which is theoretically the fastest possible time to go out and set a lap. He ensured had the right tires, that he was the right get fuel, the best stuff, ensured
0: and, that he was going to have open track.
1: It was down to the second, and they got it bang on. So everyone else set their laps, and, and you know everyone was you know Vettel was in there was was in pole, um, and then and Button just came back, and it was it wasn't by much, but it
0: was enough to put Jensen Button on pole. Well, in fact, for, uh, first sectors, sector one, sector two, he was down. He wasn't matching the pace of Vettel. It was Vettel, right? Yeah. And and then in sector three, just pulled it out and just. Everyone yeah. went nuts. It was
1: it was huge. Um, so the the final qualifying lineup: um, Jensen on pole, uh, Sebastian Vettel on the outside, doing a great job in the uh, in the Red Bull. Uh, Rubens Barrichello directly behind Jensen. Felipe Massa, like we mentioned, fourth, and Mark Weber holding it down in fifth. You know, doing a good job there. Team and, Toyota, and uh, and then yeah, the, uh, Timo Glock and Yarner Trulli sixth and seventh, uh, with Fernando Alonso in eighth, Nico Rosberg in ninth, and um, <laughs> the disappointed Robert Kubica. Ah, uh, tenth in the BMW. Um, even with all of its new, hey, we're back in Europe. We've got a bunch of upgrades now. Holding door wedge. nose on the car, the door wedge. Um, the German door. We'll wedge. We'll talk about that later. But uh, yeah, so the BMWs managed tenth and thirteenth. Um, yeah, so not a brilliant, uh, not a brilliant day for the BMWs. But I mean, Braun GP man, back at the top again. And um, neither of us, I don't think, predicted Jensen Button on the pole. I don't think our predictions were great. But we'll we'll talk about that later. We'll talk about that a little bit later. All right. So the race.
0: The Formula 1 circus headed back to Europe for the first of nine races on the continent. The return is a second chance for many teams, another beginning to the 2009 season. But this restart comes with a strong sense of deja vu as Jensen Button wins the Spanish Grand Prix. A few seconds behind was the other Braun GP car of Rubens Barrichello, giving new owner Ross Braun his second 1-2 finish this season. Red Bull was chasing their tail, but not with Vettel behind the wheel. No, it was the bionic Aussie Mark Webber reaching the final step of the podium. However, Vettel was not far behind, finishing fourth. Local hero Fernando Alonso pleased the crowd with a solid fifth place finish, once again giving Renault better than it deserves. Behind him came the only Ferrari to finish the race, piloted by Felipe Massa but just four laps earlier, he was in fourth place. A botched fuel strategy forced Brazilian to slow way down at the end, costing him two places. Quick Nick Heidfeld gave BMW Sauber a smidgen of hope, collecting two points for seventh. He was ahead of Nico Rosberg, who managed a point for eighth in his Williams. Jim, now that we're back in Europe, how would the big team's upgrades work out, huh? All right, well, uh, one of the biggest of the big Ferrari, um... Had pretty, well,
1: an okay weekend, considering that they got some points. But it could have the been so much good. better. The car looked good. The car looked great. Um, I mean, especially in, in Masa's hands in qualifying. But uh, Kimi Räikkönen had a, uh, a hydraulic issue, I think it was, or electrical issue of some I, kind. They listed
0: it as throttle, I thought.
1: Okay, which... Oh seems, no, hydraulics. Yeah,
0: He's, Kimi Raikkonen in an interview said something went wrong with the throttle, so maybe hydraulics caused the throttle to go dead. Right. Race. So,
1: um, yeah. So just midway through the race, it just kind of that fell apart for him. Um, and like you said, Felipe Massa, um, you know, was was doing well with the car. I mean, it was was actually it was holding up um, Vettel and for a long time ahead of Vettel, which in really place. I you know potentially caused I don't know if it caused Vettel the win, but it you know it, it certainly caused Vettel him down. the podium. Right. Very,
0: very possibly. Yeah. Um,
1: and uh, so. I mean, it was was looking good, but then, like you mentioned, um, you know, the Ferrari guys, they, I think, miscalculated how much fuel they saved during, well, being behind the safety car after that, the huge crash, and then, uh, in turn one, lap one. We'll, we'll talk about that in a second. Um, yeah, and, but, uh, so they were behind the safety car for a number of laps, five, six laps, something like that, and, um, and I guess the fuel calculations were just not quite right. They short-filled Massa, and in the last four laps of the race, last four or five laps, um, his engineers are getting on the radio saying, "Dude, you've got to slow down. You've got to save fuel." Um, and Massey, this
0: is being said with, with with Vettel four tenths of a second behind. him. I mean,
1: on his tail. Yeah, and Massey goes, "What do you want me to do?" You know, what? What? And they, and eventually they came back and said, "Well, you've got to give up this place because yeah. if you give cannot just Don't if you keep racing, it. you're going to run out of fuel, and then you'll get no points. You'll be parked by the side of the road, or if you limp back to the pits, then you'll end up low, you know, lower down."
0: But again, we're not talking about brilliant strategy, nth degree stuff here. This is. This is Racing 101. To finish first, you must first finish. And to first finish, you must have enough fuel in the car to finish the bloody race. The car needs gas to time. get to the end. That's Good God. I mean, just, what has happened? Yeah, there are some, some serious issues going on in Ferrari. and uh, I mean, six months ago, Felipe Massa was contending for the world championship. Mm-hmm. Now they don't know how much fuel to put in the car.
1: Yeah, now, they, now they're not sure they can finish a race. Um, yeah, I mean Ferrari is currently um, seventh in the team constructor championships. They're ahead of Williams, uh, STR, and Force India. Yeah, but uh, I mean, it, you know, it, it's it's good that they made it home in sixth. You know, to get a couple of points today, or you know, yes,
0: three points. But
1: still, man, wow, yeah, that's 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 dismal. I mean, um, it
0: basically, I, I believe it's true. I have to double check. It. Kimi Räikkönen's got one sixth place finish, and now Massa has one sixth place finish. Right. I mean, it's just so the six points two, three each.
1: So okay, so they're upgrades, though. Um, I think if they can get the strategy sorted out and get the hydraulics sorted out and the throttle fixed and all that, um, they can they can be successful. But they just need to get
0: their their heads straight. I
1: think it may be too little, too late. I mean, Ferrari has has uh, six points total. Braun Mercedes has sixty eight points. Yeah, I mean. Let's be reasonable here. Yeah. Obviously, there's still a lot, plenty of the season left. But
0: and Braun's wow. not sitting on their laurels. I mean, they're updating their right, car too. Right. And uh, so, I mean, the you know the Red Bull car with Adrian Newey. He's constantly working on it. They. I don't think. I don't. I think Red Bull is one of the few teams that still does not have the good diffuser on the car yet. Right. Because they really did build their car around the non diffuser. Yep. After being told by the so F- that F- F- they team. couldn't run it. Yeah. So that that car is taking the most work. I, and and they're still quite fast. It, you know,
1: Right. Um, Where was McLaren? Though? Okay, well, yeah. I mean, that was that was just a horror story. They said they, they made a lot of changes to the car, and none of them helped. I mean, they all made it worse. Um, neither driver, I mean, could put down just really fast times. Um, Lewis Hamilton was saying there were just drivability issues. The car just felt worse, um, and it was just heartbreak because he knows, you know, all the engineers, everyone's working really, really hard on getting this car better. They've seen the, the lack of pace, and they saying, okay, we're working on it. We're going to have all these things. They put all the upgrades together on the car. And he goes out on Friday practice and just goes, man, this thing's rubbish. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's got to be so disheartening. And I wonder if that's a side effect of, um, or a direct effect, really, of the, 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 closely monitored testing and the closely i mean everything is so limited now they can't test the car and go do these tests um until they get to the track on friday right um you know before before the race on sunday and uh they they don't know what's going on with their car so they can do all these things that look good on paper and that makes sense in the computer and then when they put them all together on the car can be the same or even make the thing worse and that's just that's just you know heartbreaking for for mclaren fans and for lewis and and i mean heke kovalainen and Wow, just well,
0: yeah, that's a whole other story
1: you wrote this weekend off, I mean that was,
0: and again, uh, to Hamilton's credit, he was racing as high as sixth place mm-hmm. uh, uh this race, uh, you know, ended up settling for I believe it was ninth tenth, and uh, Lewis uh, was ninth yeah ninth, you so know, just out of the points you know uh, Lewis. Lewis did what he could do, but you know again, uh, appreciating everything you said, the other teams made improvements. You know, Ferrari made huge gains here. Mm -hmm. And uh, so... McLaren Something's still gone is wrong. struggling yeah, whether with it's, some other things. I mean, who yeah. knows if, if if Dave Ryan was... Or are they being conservative because the FIA has a stranglehold Yeah, on I Yeah, mean, I, mean, I mean, obviously
1: they've had a shuffle around in management, and maybe that's taken some, some getting used to, or some, you know, who who works for whom now, and, and what's the chain of command, and what's the deal. Um, so, and then, like we mentioned, you know, Hekki Kovalainen um, started 18th, and uh, actually, you know, he retired after seven laps with a gearbox failure, so that doesn't bode terribly well for... That may or may not have anything to do with the upgrades. I mean, that's yeah. – um, gearbox failures happen, but uh,
0: – That's something more to do with the up
1: shifts. Ha! Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Ha! Oh, ha! Oh, boy. ha! Brilliant. Ah. So, okay, so we need to talk about what happened in turn one, lap well, one. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We do, though. We've
0: got one more team that we got to discuss upgrades on real quick. Who, BMW? Oh, BMW Sober. The Door Wedge. That is the ugliest car I've ever like okay so after the second definitely the third round I got used to the looks of these new, uh, uh the new 2009 wings and everything right like.
1: the the huge front wings the tall rear wings yeah. BMW
0: Sauber's upgrades reminded me about how awful these cars really were I mean what an ugly car
1: yeah they, their old design was fine it was it was you know a lot like the Renaults kind of the wider um, the wing you know the front nose it's got a bit of slope to it the new the upgraded design is just like. I mean, I guess they probably, they probably just drew it on a napkin, and they sort of figured, "Hey, this will be better." It's it's like a door wedge. There's no curves or, or lines to it. It's just yeah. kind of
0: it's like flat. It's and like pointy. a 2002 car. Yeah,
1: and uh, it's a much taller, pointier front wing. Um, I mean,
0: and it sucks. <laughs> I mean, and the it car's slow. Do any I mean, yeah. If, if, I mean, if I if felt it, it were ugly. Seven. If
1: it were ugly, and they were like, you know,
0: top five. Okay, great. Five, it's ugly, but yeah. it works. But it's not. It, it doesn't work. Yeah. Um, we're not form before function, folks. Here. But, I mean, Heidfeld finishing seventh and Kubica only managed tenth. Yeah, and back to the drawing board.
1: Yeah, that's you know not not very well done there, guys. Um, Nick Heidfeld, you know, did well to move up. I mean, he started thirteenth, um, and uh, Kubica what well, started tenth.
0: So um, Heidfeld can do a good job of just. Keeping his nose clean and just getting on with things, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, and, and, and
1: certainly that was partly helped by Attrition. I mean, with, what, six cars out of this race, sure, um, that, sure, that, sure, that'll sure. that'll help out as well. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's, again, got to be just a huge disappointment for the BMW team after doing all this work and all this testing. Um, I guess they will be getting the our new diffuser in Turkey, and in in, in, uh, but Monaco's next in two weeks, and then after that, Turkey. So it's, it's a ways off until they'll actually get a diffuser, and then we'll have to see then if, they're, if that helps them, you know, if that really... Gets everything going for BMW, yeah. but it seems sort of doubtful that that'll be all it takes to uh, to make his car competitive.
0: Certainly, certainly. So, okay, we've gotten to vent a little bit about that. Yes, the race started. The race started. Jensen was on pole, didn't uh, stay there for long.
1: Right. Um, his teammate Rubens had just just had a brilliant start, uh, drafted behind Jensen and actually just passed him, uh, took him around the outside of turn one. Well, so Jensen
0: um, and Rubens both were on the clean line. Yep. Rubens got just as good of a start as Jensen did, was immediately in Jensen's draft, and just made it work.
1: Yeah, um, Vettel did not have as good of a start and uh, actually moved back a little bit. But uh, they're coming around. Um, the Yarno truly had a horrible start um, Had just really bogged off the line and then and picked it up. And there was drama behind him because, you know, Lewis Hamilton and these guys are, are way far down in the grid um, – Lewis actually got pushed off the track. I think it was actually four wheels off on the grass by yeah. Nelson Piquet, yeah. who was go- he was like, you know, Nelson goes, goes to the right to go around Yarno Trulli's car, and Lewis was already in the midst of going right to go around Piquet's car, and, so and he, it was just schmazzle. It was crazy.
0: And he kept it going, which was oh, oh
1: Yeah, I mean, Hamilton kept it, kept it going well.
0: And you know, this is a bit of a non-sequitur, but it reminds me, do you remember that, what was that? They had, uh, it was like some four-time, seven-time Hungarian rally champion in the Renault car, and he was supposed to drag race uh, Nelson Piquet Jr. in a Ford GT. Yeah. And he was going straight on the pavement. And he just <laughs> looped it on a straight and totally rode off this car. Meantime, Lewis Hamilton's mud bogging it. And yeah, driving it across the, across the grass. the car right going. And some fascinating. Just yeah. a funny little thing. So that one guy sucks. Well, I don't know him. He could be really good. He's rally champion. I mean, it seems like he's probably a good driver. But the not, not one not thing he'd be able to handle, not not maybe you. the fact that it was on pavements, what screwed him up. <laughs> yeah, maybe he would have done better on the grass. <laughs> Who knows? Okay. So, that, so they're
1: going through um, turn one, um, and Yarno truly actually gets off. I think it's maybe turn one and into turn two. Gets off on the gravel and um, is sliding sort of across the chicane and gets back on track, um, right into traffic, and and actually, who was it? Adrian Sutil just plowed into him. I mean, I guess he didn't see it coming. He sort of came in from a weird angle, and, yeah. and you know, yeah. Yarno was way off track and came right to way on track. Simultaneous. Yeah, and I think well, I think um, Sebastian Buemi saw Yarno coming on track and, and checked up and just. Got on the brakes or got got off the gas really quickly, but uh, who was
0: right behind him? Oh, uh, his teammate Bordé. Oh no! Oh,
1: so we had a Sebastian pile up. Um, yeah, ended up being four cars out from from just that incident, just uh, from Yarno Trulli and Adrian Sutil getting together, and that yeah. was just carbon parts flying everywhere. I mean, yeah, Sebastian
0: be... got bordade in the Bohemi. and uh, <laughs> and uh, just so and then both STR cars were out. That's like one. the
1: worst possible day for STR. I mean, you know, to, to go out and have both cars out, turn one lap one, on the engineers. In the garage, and the pit guys are like, "Oh man, yeah. I mean that's just that's horrible." Start packing it up, guys. We're out of here. This
0: sucks. Then again, it wasn't wasn't stellar stellar weekend for STR as it was. True.
1: Um, so. That I mean, just to start off, and um, so that was a safety car for the, for early wides, but and I'm that su- rode off four cars. Surprisingly, though, um, there were, I mean, like we say, there are carbon bits everywhere, and I don't know if this is because they're now full slicks instead of having the ridges in or whatever. But we didn't see any tire punctures. That's true. From That's all the field true. having to go through this debris field, uh, you know, I mean, or most of the field because these guys were, you know, this was not mid it was
0: mid-pack i mean it was, it was the like yeah, the last mid, last third of the mid-pack it was whatever. mid-pack and then when they came around the next lap there's still tons of yeah. debris on the track and
1: and thankfully um you know that was the concern is somebody like jensen button would get a puncture from just right you know driving over the stuff and have to pit and that that can ruin your entire race i mean that can send you back midfield and you can't get back forward i mean that can be horrible and luckily um you know n- none of that happened so everyone uh, the rest of the field was able to get through cleanly but after that whole mess, uh, unfortunately, Adrian Sutil, Sebastian Bourdais, Sebastian Buemi, and Yarno Trulli were out and uh, retired and done and back to the garages.
0: That's how it goes.
1: So after the, re- after the safety car, though, um, they had the restart, and uh, there was some, some brilliant racing between Mark Webber uh, and Fernando Alonso.
0: Yes, Yes, yeah, so, and actually, it looked like contact at first, but it just wasn't. It was just really good racing. Yeah,
1: and I, you really need a visual aid on this. I mean, it's for us to explain. Yeah, I don't it. know. How to, basic,
0: basically, uh, Alonso was trying to pass Weber, and uh, Weber made a move. They were on the front straight. Weber made a move to the middle, and as Weber made a move, Alonso was trying to come out and pass. So Alonso came out to pass on the extreme right, but Weber kept moving, and Alonzo ended up, I think, two wheels on the grass. Yep. Alonso ended up... Alonzo ended up... But, uh, they had, but it's a right-hand corner at the end of the straight, so they both have to get back to the left side of the track right. to make that corner. And um, right at the last moment, so Alonzo gets past Weber, right at the last moment, Weber pops on Alonzo and takes the position right back. Yeah,
1: so it's this... You know they both drifted to the right, um, going back to the to the left to make the corner. And Weber just does this great move. Um, and uh, it's, I mean, it was it was one of those. You, at first you look at it and you're like, oh, ah, he's blocking. Oh, he's you know, it's two moves. He's going, he's going right. He's going left, and he kind of gets out of the way. Right. But uh, but no, I mean, we we sort of I think we look back at it, and it was it was clever driving. Yeah. But may, within the rules, there were no f- steward investigations or penalties or anything. Thank goodness. Thank um, goodness. Because it was that we know it, of right now. Yeah, anyway. uh, I mean we've checked the websites. I think everything stands. All the results are still legit. So um, it was it was just a, a great bit of racing to see. You know, just two really good drivers in, in proper cars doing. You know, just just getting some racing done and, and doing some some
0: clever moves, and some cunning passing. Absolutely, and you know, it, you know what it, it it shows to me that you know Mark Webber is often often uh, clustered into the same group of old drivers he's one of the old guys you know and he's only 33 he's not that old and the thing is you watch mark you watch you know rubens Barrichello or you know some other guy racing and okay yeah that's one of the older older drivers you watch mark weber race he doesn't race like he's one of the older guys yeah he's just as competitive as uh you know Buemi or Alonso or Massa or anyone else. And I, I, I think Mark's quite good. And I think he doesn't show his age when it comes to his driving style or, you know, he doesn't, you know, he's he's aggressive and he's he's just a darn good driver. And I don't know. I, I was impressed with his drive today. I think it was a well-deserved podium. And uh, I think that is why he um, stands out. I don't know.
1: Yeah, it was just, I mean, it's a good move. If you can find it online or anywhere, I mean, unfortunately, you know, F1 isn't terribly friendly about just going to find clips on YouTube or whatever. They always pull that stuff down. But it's uh, it's cool. If somebody can post a link to that in the Facebook page or whatever, that'd be great because it was just one of those cool passes where you're like, yeah, I don't know if that was because of the new aerodynamics or because of whatever happened, but <laughs> some great passing, just great moves by some good drivers. So I uh, just wanted to, to uh, you know, appreciate that. Um, and, and then th- there was that, but... Not a whole lot of action in the rest of the race. I mean, it was the big drama. I, it really, it really was,
0: was the strategy. It was, was the strategy, yeah. yeah. It was, and, it, and, and I'm sorry. What were you going to say? I
1: was just, uh, you know, Braun GP and how they, uh, how they changed strategy. Exactly,
0: yeah. So, yeah, that was uh, that was an interesting move. What, what appeared to happen as you were watching the race was, uh, you know, Barrichello was right, got in front of Button, but it was pretty clear that he was probably slowing Button down a little bit. So... It, it seemed as if Braun GP made the decision to bring Rubens in uh, a touch on the early side and uh, have him switch to a three-stop strategy. And they short-fueled him, kept him light, and off the way he went. Um, as it turns out, as we learned after the race, what really happened was they switched Jensen Button from a three-stop strategy to a two-stop strategy. Yep. And uh, Button was just able to get more out of the car. And uh, take the win.
1: Yeah, and um, Barrichello was saying, you know, his third set of tires was no good. Um, he, just, he thought something was broken on the car, so he, he, you know, he couldn't keep up on the pace, and and then he was struggled to keep the car on the track, and, and he was just, you know, relieved to come second. He says, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just disappointing because it was he, was he led the first half of the race. I mean, he did a great job, but uh, or first, I don't know, he, 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 he did a reasonable
0: job. I, I, you know, he he doesn't quite have he. That and 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 the sad thing about it is, is that he has now firmly established himself as the backup driver, the teammate driver, exactly where he was at Ferrari. (laughs) You know, five years ago. Yeah,
1: that's the thing. I mean, he knows what needs to be done for the team to make it. You know, to make a strategy work, and, and he'll to, do it. And he'll do it, and he'll he does a good job. And I think, as they're saying, you know, he may sort of luckily catch a win or two here and there in the season. Where, I mean, if 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 Jensen Button, you know, has an issue right. or whatever or something happens, um, he'll be there to, to sort of collect the the, the leftovers. But um, it really doesn't seem like. I mean, that, that's got to be frustrating in, in a way. Um, although if he's if he's just happy to be out there racing and doing his thing and, and getting a win here and there, then that's great, but, I mean, man, I feel like a lot of drivers would want more.
0: Yeah, and, you know, I have to say, too, the, the thing that actually surprised me, especially after watching qualifying, was that, uh, you know, Red Bull wasn't really there. I mean, for race pace. You know, I thought it was going to be a pretty close battle between Red Bull and Braun, and I truly thought that uh, Red Bull was going to have the edge in Europe, and I was surprised to see. It seems like uh, Braun has gained back a little bit of its advantage.
1: Well, part of that, I think, was, was Masa was slowing down Vettel, and if Vettel were much, much faster, yeah, when able to get around Masa, then that would have been good, but Masa is still a good driver, and obviously with, with this, you know, updated or new new Ferrari, um, he, he's doing a good job with it. So I think, um uh, you know, and, and certainly Vettel says this as well, it's like, if he were able to get around Massa earlier and he would have been able to bring the fight um to Jensen in second right. and, and potentially go, go farther than that but
0: And they do argue that this is one of the hardest tracks to pass on.
1: Yeah. So we'll 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 take that for what it is, you know, and uh that's that's what they say. Um but yeah, I mean that's I was glad to see Mark Webber do, you know, to, to do well and sort of prove that he's not just, like you say, just an old guy, you know, doing some good passing and to, uh, to have a better result than Vettel. Uh, nothing against Vettel, but, um, you know, Mark Webber just did a, a really, really good job to uh, make the passes that he did. And, uh, you know, it was, it was a good combination of, of the strategies worked there um, and, you know, just the on track, the, the actual pace uh, just, just came together for them. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, um, at, at this point, I would like to uh, sound like a broken record. For a little bit, and talk about the difference between Alonso and Piquet. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, Fernando Alonso, as I said in the race report, finished fifth. Uh, let's see, where did Nelson Piquet fit? Up 12th. Um, Fernando Alonso, and that, had... okay,
1: and that's helped by six cars out of the race, mind you. As well. yes, uh,
0: Fernando Alonso had the sixth fastest lap of 123.42. Let's see, where was Piquet? Up oh, 14th. Out of uh, only
1: sixteen, okay, because because two cars or because four cars never actually made it around a whole lap.
0: Yes, and that was a 1. just to 1. make 4. just to, just to make 9. that clear. And that was interesting because Piquet actually seemed not great, but reasonable in qualifying. He ended up twelfth in qualifying, which still isn't nearly as good as Alonso's eighth, but it wasn't dreadful. That's faster, we're like hey, Piquet's not dreadful. That's in. an improvement. <laughs> and uh, but then again, the race just just more of the same here. Uh, also. Uh, This is something that uh, I've found fascinating. Uh, Nick Heidfeld finished the race in 7th, Kubica 10th, and uh, Nick Heidfeld had the 10th fastest lap, 123.88. Robert Kubica, the 11th fastest lap, 124.08. And uh, as we're comparing teammates here, Rubens Barrichello did get the fastest lap of the race, a 122.76.
1: Yeah, curiously, early on in the race too. I mean, I guess with the strategy changing and all that, they uh, and and I guess later on in the race they had a comfortable lead. They could they could back off a little bit, but yeah, I mean, Ruben's fast lap was on lap twenty eight. It wasn't yep. one of these down to the down to the finish. Yep. Also, they had the harder tires on for the last stint, so that's uh, true. That's they true. they weren't pushing quite as hard.
0: Another thing that's fun, uh, the. Third fastest lap, because the second fastest lap did go to Jensen Button. Third fastest lap went to Felipe Massa in the Ferrari, a 123.09. But the fourth fastest lap went to Sebastian Vettel with a 123.09. So in terms of ultimate speed, they were right on top of each other. And by the way, the fifth fastest lap, Mark Weber, was a 123.11. Not much separating those three cars, not much at all. Yeah, they're right on top of each other there. So, but before, I,
1: but before we leave, uh, Alonso, the, the Alonso PK comparison. I read this this article. Came oh, up. oh, there's more. Oh yeah. Um, oh
0: yeah, I know what you're about
1: to bring yeah, up. This uh, was fantastic. This is brilliant. I, I saw this is not one of those headlines I would expect to see. Alonso, hold on,
0: wait, wait. All our Spanish fans listening, you might want to sit down. Just for a moment.
1: <laughs> Alonso misses the rivalry he had with Hamilton. With
0: who? With Lewis Hamilton.
1: Remember remember, Alonso was actually <laughs> hey, a McLaren driver? Remember the good old days when, when Alonso
0: and Hamilton were teammates?
1: Oh, yes. So they were pleasant. Just like the best of friends. <laughs> so... I'm psycho. So yeah, Alonso spoke positively of former teammate yeah, Lewis Hamilton, which um, we didn't
0: know he was capable of.
1: Yeah, and it was it was funny. They, you know, they, he he recalled fondly their year long duel of the 2007 season. Now, like,
0: why was he looking fondly well, at Hamilton?
1: Well, he 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 liked that uh, both drivers were were good in their own ways, and they pushed each other, and they were competitive, and they they. We pushed each other, what was it, to the uh, to the outer edges of, of what was possible to, uh, you know, that it was fun to push and find new limits for ourselves.
0: And didn't he say something about how he missed that? Yeah. Now, um, what does that mean? So, somehow,
1: he's not being pushed to his limits right now. And I and, wonder who it is that's not thing. pushing him.
0: I can't imagine how I mean, his current teammate does not push him. Who's his current? Oh, Nelson Piquet. Oh, right. Shoot. So, there's that. You know, I don't know. You could always... I'm curious, you know, what if we contacted uh, Flavio and said, you know, I have a cat named Lewis Hamilton. I do, actually. That... Well, his name is Hamilton, but... Well, uh, Hamilton. <laughs> that you could put him in the Renault car. Just, just to see. He'd be cheaper. He's fast. Catnip and food. I mean... He, he's not heavy. I mean, he may... be, you could put the balance weight wherever you wanted. Oh, yeah, man. And I, I honestly think he'd be a safer driver. Could be it, your cat's Hamilton's a male, right? Yes, it's a man cat. Yeah, man cat. Okay, good. Yep. Otherwise, I'd I'd be upset. I'd be upset on Lewis Hamilton's behalf. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah, so, so anyway, okay, we can move on from that. Um, good heaven. Okay.
1: Other some other um, interesting notes here. Um, Nico Rosberg um, came out with a statement saying um, he's called for an immediate revision of car weights because yes. he's saying that it's actually becoming dangerous with the way the weight rules are and with ballast and with curbs and. Um, right now the push is to get the driver weight down as low as possible for engineering reasons and, um, that it's actually becoming unhealthy. They're asking these guys to lose so much weight and to cut back on their, on their diets and everything so much that it's actually not safe and not healthy. And, and, um, he's proposing some way to, um, it, to, I don't think he's giving details, but, uh, he's saying, you know, there are certain drivers that went unconscious after the race. Um, and because, you know, they're they're not allowed to eat certain things and they're, they've they got to work out so much and they're just – their bodies are being exerted so hard. Not so keeping Raikkonen, by with the way. With the heat and everything.
0: Raikkonen was fine.
1: Yeah. <laughs> 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 but, <laughs> yeah, but, you know, it's, you say it's not healthy when people start to go unconscious. And uh, Which is
0: which is interesting because Rosberg isn't the biggest guy there. No. I mean, but, I'd be most concerned he, for guys like Weber and Kubica and those Right, guys.
1: but I think if they come out and say it, it's like, oh, well, they just want to improve their own game. I think, you know, Rosberg has been a, a proponent of safety regulations oh, and all sure. that. And he's a sharp guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, so, you know, that's, it's just, and he says, you know, Fernando Alonso was most, most likely echoed these sentiments after a problem with his water bottle resulted in severe dehydration and a blackout at the end of the Grand Prix. Yikes. I mean, there's some pretty serious stuff going on. So what we, you know, we were talking about, if there was some, here's your, um, uh, minimum car weight and then a driver weight, a minimum driver weight separate. And then, and so, if your driver comes in under under that minimum weight, you have to you sort of have to add ballast um, in some kind of way
0: that's near the driver cockpit or something. So, so which doesn't completely solve the problem because then you still want the driver to be under the minimum weight if he can be, but to put the ballast. Yeah. In so car we But there's something. We're not the FIA. You yeah. know, we don't come up with these things. But there's got to be
1: some way because a driver, in my opinion, shouldn't be penalized for being a taller guy or even you know bigger or whatever. It's like that's. That's not the point of of the racing I mean there's right. nothing, there's nothing mark Weber can not just you know I'd chop off a couple inches out of his shins or whatever to make him lighter and smaller. It's like you and he tried that yeah it's, it didn't work <laughs> didn't work so yeah there's 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 got to be some solution there, and I think if if drivers are blacking out well that's
0: an interesting question that titanium rod that's there that used to be his you know femur. I wonder if that's lighter than the bone was. I don't know, is it, but he's still within the minimum
1: weight of the uh, of the car, so yeah, it's well, all legit. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. Okay. Um, other than that, I think there's three. We we gotta wrap it up and move on. Um, it's it's getting late here, um, um, which brings us to listener feedback. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Already, we've been having lots of great activity. We got emails. It's, wonderful. it's we wonderful.
0: Got, I, I, I absolutely love it. We got a
1: comment on the uh, on the F1 show page, and of course, our Facebook peeps are, are at it as ever. So mm, uh, Let's
0: start with the F1 show page comment. That one was lively.
1: Yes, I've got it right here. So, The Slicer. The Slicer. It's from California, another American fan. An American fan. Thank
0: goodness you guys are out there.
1: Yes, and uh, and you know he's he's in high school. He's 15 years old, 15 and a half. 15.5. Um, and uh, you know he just talking about how young these guys have to start to really get into racing. You know they start with three or four years old, and um, you know he's talking about you know he's he's only 15 and a half, but uh, hopes to at, at some point become a uh, future what did he say um, F1 engineer. Mm-hmm. I think you can start a little bit later than three or four on an engineering path and actually still be successful in that. So here's hoping uh, you can you can you know. Go on and and, you know become involved with USF one or one of these one of these up and coming teams. And actually, there's an announcement that there's maybe two American F one teams coming into next year, not just the one. So uh, maybe we have a better chance here as 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 American engineers to uh, to do better. But um, you know, there's and so he's asking, he's wondering, uh, does he have any driving talent to begin with? Um, And and if he does have talent, how can he transgress the wall of capital? Um, and something about getting sponsors.
0: So, do you want me to handle that one? Sure. Uh, well, slicer. Um, uh, do you have any talent to begin with? Maybe. Uh, I'm not sure how we're supposed to know from a comment if we if he's got the talent. Uh, I mean, here's the thing. Uh, Gran Turismo 4 can teach you a lot of things. It can teach you about looking ahead, it can teach you about driving lines, and you can you can learn what is fast and faster. But the thing that Gran Turismo 4 cannot tell you at all is learning the feel of the car. You know, getting driver feel, getting driver sensitivity is hugely important, and you're only going to get that behind the wheel of something real. Now, a rent-a-crap karting place is a good place to start. However, again, you're limited, because most of those places, uh, you're full throttle around the entire track anyway, and that doesn't really give you too much of the dynamics, Um what I would suggest to start is get yourself in an actual cart and um, try to get yourself in uh, one of the spec series cart racing championships. That's not cheap, but it is doable if you get yourself a job and you're diligent and you save and you don't spend your money on say the latest uh, you know Xbox and GT4 game and all the gamer stuff. If you you know lose some of the budget in that, you can you can afford some karting. and after that you just become really energetic don't think that'll be a problem for you and uh push 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 and try to find people that help you out it is amazing i have some friends that have made it professionally and the way people come up with money and funds is just absolutely incredible uh justin wilson is a great example justin wilson raced for uh the jaguar team in f1 a few years ago and he's currently in the indy racing league he sold himself on the market He sold shares of himself on the market, and uh, that's how he earned money to go racing, and uh, he was owned by stockholders. I mean – uh, there, there's, there's You've got guys that come up with it.
1: T-shirt ideas and selling, you know, shirts and, and subscriptions to newsletters and all kinds of, you know, some of it's just straightforward sponsorship. You know, yeah, you yeah, pay me the money, I'll put my logo on your. car. Yeah, Ryan
0: Hunter Ray, he just found a few people to give him a million bucks, and he owed him that. He owed them. It's basically some kind of deal like I'll get a million now, and in return, you get three million in the next five years or something like that. I mean, there's there's all different ways you can do it, but the thing is just network yourself, get to know each other. And act as professional as you can at all times. I mean, that is so abundantly important. Um, so that's the uh, that's the best answer I have to your question. Uh, good luck. Never give up. And you can do it.
1: Excellent. Uh, and then as far as becoming an engineer and all that, um, I think, you know, that, that could be there's a lot more engineers than there are drivers and a lot more different uh, different levels and, and whatnot. And, uh, you know, if, if you want to become an engineer in F1, probably move to England. I would say that's a good start. That's a very good start. Um, so we've or got or Charlotte or Charlotte, North Carolina could be. Um, we've got uh, some emails uh, with uh, when you know Nick K actually just after the race, and I and I got this email before I before I'd watched the race, so I couldn't look at it immediately. But uh, had, you know since read it, um, and he, and Nick is saying he's already getting tired of Braun GP. It's like it's already back to like oh oh Come the race is on Nick. Oh, it's, it's the Braun. Cinderella story. It's Braun again. Oh it's 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 buttons. Oh whatever, don't care.
0: It's the Cinderella story. I, you gotta, you gotta love these stories. It's like Disney, don't you like Disney, Nick?
1: <laughs> so yeah, um, you know, like you said, Shane McLaren have gone backwards again. The car, you know, the car looked bad. Um, you know, too bad. To uh, be
0: fair, I don't think it was technically going backwards. It just looked like it was going backwards since the other cars were going forward so much quicker. <laughs> oh boy, I, I, I'm just saying. I, I think that was an optical illusion you were seeing.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, you know. Bit of an issue there for McLaren. Hopefully they'll have some some way to sort that out, um, but who knows? Um, also another email from uh, from Emily Hansen. Thanks for the for the email there. Um, she's got some predictions for us. She's got an answer to our uh, to our trivia, which we'll oh, get into. Ooh, ooh, ooh. But we'll have to get to that soon. Yes. Um, other than that, um, just uh, you know I. I can't go into all of them, but I can't thank you guys enough for the, the, the feedback and everything on the F1 show page. Oh, it's fantastic. Uh, on Facebook?
0: There, there is one I would like to point out. I think uh, Ken Regal very succinctly put uh, what we've been talking about with Rubens Barrichello. Do you guys think Rubens is going to wake up in a cold sweat thinking he is back in the Schumacher days? Yes. <laughs> yes, I do. And I, I, I think that's exactly what's happening, and it's unfortunate for him, but I mean, he's, this is his 17th season in Formula One. He's been around the block. He, hang your helmet up or, or... I don't know. I think... I, I don't know. I think yeah. he's had his time.
1: Um, Tim Meekins has some good uh, feedback as far as the diffuser issue and all that and how uh, how Red Bull has sort of keeps going to the FIA to um, and saying, hey, hey, is this legal? No. Is this legal? No. And so I guess... I don't know if, if Adrian Newey's got a whole kind of different approach to the diffuser thing than the other guys or what, um, but it sounds like they sort of finally have uh, something that's, that's going to work. Um, they're just going to have to... Um, Try and you know he he designed their their unique you know pull rod rear suspension um, and and it's it's really changed the, the back end of their car. Um, but he sort saying you know if uh, you know once once Red Bull um, you know I'd come with a double or, or triple diffuser, then built the pull rod suspension about, around that. Um, it certainly could be, you know, Red Bull all the way over Braun G P and Could uh, be, could be. It's and one it, of those could've maybe, who knows? But uh, this is how it has transpired and this is why this is why they run the races to see who comes up with yeah. the best stuff and And it's it not impossible
0: practice. that they can still come out with that and Red Bull is the one team that still could pretty easily dismount Braun if they if they get it if they get on with it quickly enough. Yeah, you know. I mean
1: like we mentioned Braun has sixty eight points, Red Bull has thirty eight and a half, so they're you know, twenty nine and, and, and a half points out yeah, but, so. um that's you know that can all be eaten up pretty quickly with uh, a bad weekend for one of the guys or a great weekend for the other guys or whatever so
0: quick um, mention for uh, Philip Shaw who uh asked to gave us some discussion topics we'll, we'll go through these real quick here uh do Han how do Hanna feel when they see braun winning my guess is pulling out of f1 was one of their poorest decisions I'm not sure about that
1: which goes to the second part of his question yeah
0: I, I think I think Honda would definitely have loved to have been winning and everything else, but I mean, frankly, I don't know if they would have been winning with the Honda engines. Uh, Honda definitely knows how to build great engines, that's true, but they were not having a good handle on this 2.4 liter V8. It was not the strongest one out there. Yeah. And uh, the, Honda wanted to consolidate I mean, it's 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 a lot of money. I think – I don't think Honda regrets – frankly, I don't think Honda regrets the decision at all because they still would have been losing money right now.
1: Yeah, and it's – like, you know, with Toyota and whatever else, I mean, they spend so much money. And even if they get on pole and, and all that, I mean, does that really translate into more people buying Toyotas? And, you know, does that really translate into, into you know, usable developments that they can trickle down to road cars? I mean, it's – I mean, you know,
0: long-term, sure, it helps the image, but, you know – Honda not to mention I mean Honda is putting a lot of effort into Le Mans and you know they also do a bunch of indie stuff I mean uh, Honda is definitely has its plate full with racing so.
1: Yeah and and yeah with sports car stuff with the uh, Acura and LMP1 Absolutely, and all that stuff so. yeah they got plenty going there And
0: and finally how does Mercedes feel seeing Braun winning with their engines I think they're happy something is I I mean I, I see what you're saying they they'd rather have McLaren winning with their uh, with their engines but you know what It's a Braun Mercedes that wins the races. They still get the mentions. And it's the
1: same with uh, Red Bull Renault. I mean, that's a Renault engine in there that's that's bringing these Red Bulls together. And I think, you know, there's no question with Adrian Newey, the sort of just aerodynamics wizard and just car design genius that he is, um, it's... You know that there's no question about that that they can they can put together a better package, but it's it, you know the customer cars are beating the, the the original manufacturers hands down right now, and that's yep. that's just the, the way it is.
0: And finally, uh, thank you for letting us know. FYI, Donington is next to the first motorway and therefore has great access. So that is one advantage of Donington Park over Silverstone.
1: Also, um, we've had a recommendation to. Uh, uh, listen to Private Paradise, the quote recording by Jacques Villeneuve. Remember? Oh yes! Remember he quit, and then he's going to oh, do his yes. country album. The album. That okay, is we all haven't I heard like it. We with. haven't heard it yet, but uh, we'll definitely get on that. And in the, in the next uh, week off and whatever that we've got, yes, um, we're going to do what we can because um, it is. I, I want to hear that.
0: We are going to make it our duty to to give you a review.
1: We'll have a, we'll have the first ever F one show album review. Yes, um, by the first. A, you know album recorded by an F1 driver that we know F-O-O,
0: of. Oh, and we have high hopes. Oh, we
1: hopefully come up with something <laughs> interesting for that. All right, Woo. um to send us feedback, we've got a couple of ways. If you just go to f1show.com, you can reply to the individual podcast posts there. Uh, you can send us an email to feedback at f1show.com. Please. Or, of do. course, I think the most interactive and fun way is to go to facebook.f1show.com or, ser- you, or just search for us on Facebook.
0: And if you don't have a Facebook page, get a Facebook page. Uh, everybody's oh, doing it's it. All oh, oh, the kids what all are doing all it. All the people are doing Yeah, for real.
1: Yeah. All right. Um, and so, moving on.
0: Trivia. Trivia. Tri- 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 trivia. <laughs> okay, oh. so it's trivia time. Last week. We had what I thought was a fantastic question, and I will repeat it now. Jensen Button first entered Formula One for the 2000 season driving for the Williams F1 team. To get that seat, he competed against one other driver for the seat. Excuse me. Who was that driver? And we gave you a hint, and this was an actual legitimate hint. He went on to have a successful career in the U.S. Are we ready for the answer? I am ready for the answer. Drum roll.
1: Bruno Junqueira. Oh, boy. That's right. Congratulations to David Green of Worcestershire,
0: England, who got that right. He emailed us. Bruno Junqueira, he's a Brazilian. He raced in F3000, which was the precursor to GP2. Did well. And he was up for that seat and button edged him. He was faster.
1: Also, Peter Oliver got that right. Yes. Bruno
0: Junqueira went on. He moved to the U.S. Ended up racing for Target Chip Canassi in Champ Cars. He was supposed to be the next Juan Pablo Montoya. Didn't quite work out there, but he did. He had some race wins. He finished second in the Champ Car Championship. I don't know, like 18 times in a row. And uh, Broner uh then went on to race for Newman Haas, and now he's kind of ended up in more of a. He's he, he's not with the top teams anymore, but he's still in IndyCar Car and he's still racing and uh, he's doing okay. He had a pretty nasty accident in the Indy 500 a couple years back. He broke his broke his back. And uh, that put him out of racing for the good part of the year. But now he's back and he's racing in any cars and he's, uh, he's doing his thing. So there you go Brunner Jankara. Yes. Yeah, so for all of you that got that right, congratulations. You guys win a Coke. Go to your nearest convenience store to pick up that prize. Yes. Tell them you want a Coke. Give them a dollar. And there you go. Um, or pound or lira or whatever it is. Euros, Australian Euros. dollars. What's and... an Australian? I think they're just called Australian dollars. Aren't That's
1: they? lame. Yeah.
0: Why are you trying to take our name? Well what are we calling? US dollars. Well, the original though? That's dollars. That's what man. I'm saying. That's dollars. Because dollars. if right. it don't make dollars, it don't make sense. <laughs> Who came up with that? We did. Sweet. Anyway. <laughs> Alright, uh, so <laughs> Is there trivia for this week? <laughs> okay, there there is, and I am actually quite proud of this one. I was struggling with trivia for this week. I don't know what I want to talk about, but then it hit me. Rubens Kello is old. He's old school, man. He's very old. And we take pride in mentioning that from time to time every few minutes. And uh He also seems to be a perennial second class, a perennial bridesmaid to the bride that is Jensen Button. Which got me to thinking, is he ever going to be able to win a race? I mean, how old can you be and still win a race? Which got me thinking, who is the oldest person to ever win a Formula One race? So, brings us to our question. Yes. Who is the oldest person to win a Grand Prix... And which Grand Prix did he win?
1: Okay, and we're just just to prevent any of the really weird, super old school answers, we're going to say this is you know world Beginning championship with the 1950
0: yeah. and beyond yeah. post war world championship season.
1: We are not old guys, and we don't we don't quite know a lot about F one in the really 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 old days of whatever it was called. So yeah, we're, we're going not even world championship. We're not even a
0: hundred percent that things before World War Two happened. Yeah, I mean we so read some, about it in books. Some and we as assume that it did. We, that really we assume you guys. The older folks aren't lying to us, but we don't know for sure. We don't know. but And I have another hint. And again, this is a legitimate hint. And I'm not sure whether this is going to give it away or not, but I don't think so. When he won this race, he only scored half points. He only collected half points for this win. Ooh, okay.
1: So one of the few half-point races that
0: there was. The oldest person to ever win a Grand Prix, and what Grand Prix was it? That's a good one. Alrighty. That's a good one. So there you have it. And that moves us on to predictions. Okay, predictions. And boy, we had... I thought, just stellar, stellar predictions for this weekend. Because we, we didn't
1: go with the oddball ones. We went with three No,
0: we, we said, you know what? We're going to get this right this time. We're going to be professionals. We are, in fact, professionals. We are the hosts of the F1 show. I mean, and we are held to the highest the caliber. Absolutely. And we need to prove our deep and vast knowledge of the sport. Okay. So, Jim went for Jensen Button on pole and Sebastian Metal to win the race.
1: Right. But, hey.
0: Hey. Jensen Sebastian, Button on pole. Jensen Paul. Button on pole, man. Congratulations,
1: I think you may owe me a coke for that I, I I just may and let the record show that I actually I actually redeemed I, I gave Robin his coke. oh, it was so good yes so um you don't 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 do thinking out there that I'm some kind of a you know coke loser that doesn't actually give out prizes for giving bad predictions
0: but do go ahead and assume that I am a coke whore because I will do anything for Coke there you go. I, on the other hand, predicted Vettel to take everything. The pole and the wind. So, that
1: was just stupid.
0: Jim, I, mean, I owe you a Coke. There it you go. It is absolutely... It's it's on paper. I can't deny it. It's about I'm time. I'm going to let it happen. Already. But that was the past. It's time to move forward. Moving on. The out. granddaddy of them all. This is effing Monaco.
1: Yes. This is the Grand Prix. We don't know. I mean, it's two weeks off. We don't know if it's going to rain, if anything really screwball is going to happen. But we do know that it's the
0: tightest F1 track. Yeah, other season. This man is just tight. We do know who's strong right now. Mm-hmm.
1: And what mechanical grip plays a really big role. Aerodynamic grip helps, obviously, but not. It's not as big. It's a deal. not quite as critical. I don't know good. if the diffusers are going to make as big of a difference. You Rear know, end the grip cars. could be a big deal here. Yeah. Um, who do you have? You have go. Do you, do you No, have, no. You're for, first. I'm you first. I'm putting you out there. Oh, okay, you're putting me out there. Yes. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say our boy Felipe Massa actually. Oh, I know, I know.
0: Where where is he? Is he gonna is he gonna be on the pole? He's or? gonna be on the pole. Okay.
1: Um. But I'm. I think Jensen Button is gonna make it happen for the race win. Jensen
0: Button for the race win.
1: I think they're gonna. Uh, Felipe Massa runs out of fuel with two laps to go, <laughs> and uh, doesn't quite finish. They forgot
0: to tighten the lug nut all the way. Yeah, his wing fell off because no, you know. The duct tape that was holding it on wasn't on tightly. I mean,
1: uh, the Ferrari is strong. And I think with a new lighter tub, with the weight distribution, just how they like it and all that. And and I don't know. I mean, Kimi, I just have have doubts that he's going to be able to put it all together. But, um, you know, hey, Felipe Massa, why the heck not?
0: Why the heck
1: not? Maybe I'll be right one of these times.
0: You're going to be wrong. Okay. Because I'll tell you the factor that you didn't think about. Uh Uh-oh. Monaco, unlike other tracks, I think more than anything, really does reward driver talent. And I have to say that right now, the most talented driver in Formula One today is Sebastian Vettel. He's young. He's hungry. This is Monaco. The Red Bull car is quite good. I think Vettel takes it all. Again, Okay. I'm going two race okay. Weekends so so you're going just Vettel on go ahead and pole, predict Vettel the same thing every win.
1: weekend and eventually you'll be right? Is that, is that the <laughs> that's, approach? That's here?
0: right. Hey, even a broken clock is right twice a day. There you go. So thank you, Robin Broken Clock <laughs> Warner. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you're going to be owing me a six pack of Coke, a two liter of Coke. I'm in, You're going to have to install a Coke fountain at my house and regularly maintenance and recharge it. Because you're going to owe me so much coke. Because I'm going to be absolutely dead nuts right. All right, a
1: couple of fan predictions just to get them in here. Um, Nick Nick uh, K is, again says uh, Braun with Button to win next. Um, uh, Emily Hansen, what does she say? Um, don't think we will be much change in qualifying lineup stakes. Jensen Button on top, Vettel second, Massa third. Um,
0: so wrong, oh yeah. wrong.
1: Yeah, I guess we'll see. Uh, I, could, I I kind of agree with
0: that. Uh, you know, Button, Vettel, Masa, that. Yeah. I think the only thing that would give Jessica Hansen any hope of being right is if she got a performance box. Because the F1 show is supported by the performance box. A GPS-based lap timer, performance needer, and data logger. It is perfect for any car nut to use at track days, autocrosses, or to simply see what your car or bike or skateboard can do. Shipping worldwide, except for Australia, sorry... From Vbox USA. For more info and the online store, please do go to Performancedrift.com. Alrighty. It is uh, very, very late in the night here
1: in uh, Detroit, Michigan area. So yes. we're going to have to wrap it up. We will see you in two weeks' time from uh, podcasting, uh, not from Monaco, unfortunately, but podcasting about Monaco. Um, and, and
0: Spirit will be in Monaco.
1: <laughs> right. And uh, until then, thank you again for listening.
0: I'm Jim Lau. And I'm Robin Warner. We'll see you then. That was a long one.